0: Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast, where today I am going to take you through some league-wide positional rankings. Is Jalen Brunson a top 10 point guard? Is Julius Randle a top five power forward? How low does R.J. Barrett rank? We'll get into it all right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Starks. Without a five. going for the win. Yes! Hubs left. Now fires it. three. it's good! And he's five. out! And he's out! Anthony for three. Five! That one goes down! This is all about Back up. Off the glass. It's good! gone. Burr! It becomes infectious. New. You are locked on. Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. And this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online, available to people worldwide. And they have a special offer for all my listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. And we want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day, um, I had a friend of the show, shout out Nico Pinto. Tell me personally, he makes Locked On Dicks his first listen every single day. I hope you guys go join him. And if you want to be better about doing that, uh, be sure to click the subscribe button. Be sure to click the notifications bell on YouTube so you never, ever miss an episode. And if you, if you didn't catch it from there, we are available on all platforms, including on YouTube. But who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. Alex is going to have you covered tonight. So I decided to do a little solo episode today. And if you guys have followed the podcast over the years, you know, I like I like taking these solo opportunities to to look out wide a little bit, to take in the perspective of the entire NBA. And I thought, what better way to do that than to stack up uh, where the Knicks players rank around the league? I think it's good for two purposes. One, it kind of establishes what type of assets the Knicks have. if, if you're kind of looking on paper and you're like all right, we can trade R.J. Barrett for a superstar. And I, I guess I'd push back, like, can you, if he's only uh, the X-ranked, we, we'll, we'll get into the number in a sec, um, small forward in the league. Um, and it also, it gives I, I think it gives just a decent gauge of perspective heading into playoff time because I'm sure, like me, uh, you guys tend to tend to overrate the guys who are on the Knicks relative to the rest of the league. And maybe it's very possible that I fell victim to that here, but I did my best to be unbiased. All right, and we're going to start off these rankings with the point guard spot. So if you're watching on YouTube, it is up on the screen. Um, I had Steph Curry first. Um, I don't know. On a night-to-night basis, there's a good argument that Luka is a better player than Steph. At this point, I, I just think it's, it's a situation where Luca has to kind of take the crown from the guy who is, who is just the best player on a championship team with a good supporting cast, but certainly not the supporting cast he had earlier in his career, right? Like Andrew Wiggins was the second best player on that team. You had an aging Draymond. Clay was incredibly inconsistent. Jordan Poole doesn't play a lick of defense, and yet they went and beat the Boston Celtics in six games. Um, so Luca second dame third just having an incredible all-time season most efficient season of his career 31 points per game um i've sga over john morant maybe that's slightly controversial but i don't know i guess i kind of just appreciate that sga just takes care of his business um then james harden um drew holiday tyrese halliburton and then jalen brunson who just gets in over darius garland d aaron fox and kyrie irving the uh the money symbol next to Kyrie Irving was not uh, intentional. And then uh, Trey Young, Fred Van Blee, Chris Paul, CJ McCollum, Marcus Smart, LaMelo Ball, Josh Giddy, Markel Fultz, and coming in at number 21, Emmanuel Quickly. All right. So for, for the rationale on, on Brunson's placement, Harden was an extremely tricky one to me, right? Puts up 21 points, puts up 11 assists, not scoring um, nearly as efficiently as he did at his Apex, shooting less free throws, not shooting. Um, quite as many threes as he once did. Uh, but he just, I don't know. I can't get out of my head what he did to the Knicks when those two teams have played this year, where he's, he's just ripped them apart at certain points. Drew is this high because he is just incredibly reliable. There's honestly, there's a decent case to put him ahead of Harden, but I, I've just never been blown away by Drew Holiday's offense, but he does have a propensity I mean, even even going back to the last Olympics to just make incredible clutch time plays and you listen to NBA guys on podcasts and, and almost to a man, they will say Drew Holiday is the best man-to-man defender in basketball. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, just uh, right next to Harden for uh, the best passing point guard in, in basketball this season, um, hyper-efficient, scoring a little bit less than he was earlier in the year, but he almost single-handedly drove the Pacers' success this season. And maybe if you swapped him and Jalen, um, Indiana would still have similar success and, and the Knicks wouldn't be much better than they currently are. But I, I just think what Halliburton's doing this year is a slightly more impressive feat. Given that, yeah, despite Miles Turner playing excellently of late, I, I just don't think Indiana has nearly the overall talent New York does. And for the first half of this season, we're, we're playing about as well as them. Um, and then Brunson over Garland. I mean, th- those two could essentially be a tie. Brunson is just a, is a slightly better scorer, is more efficient from two point range. So that was that was kind of the tiebreaker there for me. I do think Garland, if he wasn't playing with Donovan Mitchell, might have pretty similar stats to Jalen Brunson. And I, I do think Garland long term is probably the better outside shooter. But I just I don't think he's ever going to have Brunson's um, just depth of interior scoring interior game. Fox is having just a monster season for Sacramento. Um, there, there's also a case for him being a couple spots higher uh, Kyrie. This is sort of a situation where, and, wh- and one of my um, guiding principles, and this isn't just about Kyrie, this is kind of zoomed out big picture uh, is that defense matters, but not that much until you get to the center spot and I guess if I were if I were to like just give a big picture example of why like we all consider Trey Young a star pretty universally, no one really considers Matisse Thybulle a star, right? Like you you can you can be an offensive first player and be arguably the worst defender in basketball and have an incredible impact on winning. The same cannot be said defensively unless you play the center um, position. Which reminds me, I completely forgot to rank Rudy Gobert with the centers. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Kyrie gets dinged for the off the court stuff Um, because that is entirely destructive to a team, entirely destructive to a season because the Brooklyn nets, like they could have looked at their season this year and said, wow, Kyrie was incredible. And he was averaging nearly 30 points per game as efficient as anyone in the league. Probably like, um, I mean, I, I guess since we're putting Steph Luke and Dame on this list, like right there with those three NSGA for the most talented scoring point guard in basketball, but he nosedive Brooklyn season, right? He nosedived Brooklyn's franchise at this point. So I, I know, I know I'm kind of, I'm kind of singing to a, uh, to an audience. That's very happy to hear all that, but I, I feel like it needs to be justified because on a pure, pure talent basis, like you put Jalen Brunson's brain in Kyrie Irving's body, um, Kyrie Irving probably should be fifth or so on this. list. like, honestly, I would take him over John Morant. If I just, if I had to win one game, I, I think Kyrie is that good. Trey young, this is probably a little bit low for him. I just, I don't think teammates love playing with the guy and maybe, maybe that's an unfair accusation. Maybe you give them all true serum. They say, no, 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 he's great. He's an incredible leader. Um, I've never seen it from Trey young as a leader. And I think it is utterly destructive for the guy who takes all the shots and takes pull up 35, 40 footers. um, When his team is down by 15 to not be playing any defense. And I know the defense has gotten a little bit better this year, but um, I, I just can't justify putting him higher than someone like Brunson. And this is the same thing with Brunson and Kyrie where Brunson is clearly so additive and so likable. Like you, you, we all saw the interaction between him and Julius Randall, um, after that Hawks game, Brun Jalen Brunson's teammates absolutely adore the guy. And honestly, that's, that's part of me having Steph Curry at one over Luca too. And like, not that Luca is disliked, but Steph Curry is like, is revered on the Warriors and revered in Golden State. And that, it doesn't matter as much as the on-the-court stuff, but I think over the course of a long season, it's not something we'll ever be able to quantify, but it's something that makes an immense difference. All right, um, when we come back, I want to I get into um, Emmanuel Quickly's ranking. Um, but before we do that, I need to remind you that this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, I know when I'm at my best... I really feel like I can do anything in the world and all my problems feel really insignificant. And I'm sure a, a lot of you listening have had that feeling too, of like, Oh my God, why did, why did that bother me so much? It's just, it's just not a big deal. And then other times my problems can completely paralyze me and I feel like it is the end of the world. Uh, if you've, if you've experienced anything similar um, or if you've benefited from therapy in the past, um, it's time to try BetterHelp because they are as good and as convenient of a service as there is out there. I know for me personally, I've said on this podcast before, but therapy has dramatically changed my life, uh, made me just much more functional as a person. And I think if nothing else, like even, even if you don't really have like definable mental health issues, it's incredibly good to have a third party to talk about your problems with. Um, and I know it's, I know it's really helped me. So if you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp help. H E L P.com slash locked on. All right, we're back. Uh, continuing our point guard rankings. So I had Emmanuel quickly at 21st on this list, um, behind, uh, Chris Paul, who was 50. Well, okay. Let's, so we saw it to Trey Young. So Fred Van Bleed, 14th, Chris Paul, 15th, CJ McCollum, 16th. Um, McCollum still, still a really good scorer, just not quite at the volume or the efficiency of the guys ahead of him. And then Chris Paul and Van Bleed, like I, and Marcus Smart, all three of them are really tricky to put in because statistically, particularly for Paul and um, I mean, Smart his whole career, but Paul just recently, because he's gotten older, I like don't necessarily have the same impact of, of even someone like McCollum, but smart is the best point guard defender in the NBA. I'm right there with um, DeJounte Murray, who I had as a shooting guard for the purposes of these rankings. Um, and Paul is just, is just a winner still and, and does a million little things every game to help a basketball team. Lamella ball, incredible talent, but his team is just horrible. They have to get a little bit better before I think about putting him higher. Uh, Josh Giddy, Um, I don't know if he's better than Emmanuel quickly, because I, I think quickly is a dramatically better defender, but this is kind of a, and this is kind of a right now ranking. So maybe, maybe I should have quickly ahead of Giddy, but man, I love Giddy. I love what he does as a rebounder. I love the size he brings to the table. And he is just, he's in another universe as a passer, um, than Emmanuel quickly is. And Markel Fultz over quickly. That one I was kind of debating because Fultz has, has really elevated. Like, I mean, we all saw the last time the Knicks played Orlando, just some of the dunks. That he was pulling off and is, is kind of showing why he was the number one pick in terms of his athletic ability, but still doesn't shoot threes on volume. And that that is that is just such a killer. Um I, I think you'd be totally within your right to have Emmanuel quickly ahead of him. But that's where I came down, Emmanuel quickly at 21st. And if the 21st point ranked point guard in the NBA is your is your backup, uh, you are in a a really fantastic position as a team. Um, all right, shooting guard. Uh let's take a look. Um, for the number one spot, I really went back and forth between all three of the top three guys. Um, and you could, you could go any way with it. Uh, but I went Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Jalen Brown. I think I just, I valued Devin Booker's size, um, over Donovan Mitchell, even though I think Mitchell is the better offensive player of the two of them, but Booker, you just have to worry a little bit less about him getting targeted come playoff time. Jalen Brown is easily the best defensive player out of that group, but he has never had to carry a basketball team the way Mitchell and Booker have. I mean, Mitchell got his team to the second round of the playoffs as the number one guy. Booker got his team to the finals as the co-number one guy, while Jalen Brown has always been number two. and He was was incredible in, in the playoffs last year, so they're and, and particularly in the finals. So if, if you want to put Jalen Brown number one, I have no issue with it. I, I just don't think he is quite the uh, creator that the other two are, and he's I don't think he's the passer that the other two are. Um four, I have Paul George just over Anthony Edwards. That's one I went back and forth on. I think I think my reasoning would ultimately be that while Edwards has higher highs, George is more consistent and and Edwards has stretches a of, of brilliant individual defense while also getting lost off the ball um george is, is still just he, he maybe not quite at the peak of his early years of his career but still just a very good overall defender um then i had brad beal zach levine kind of say mole just just score first like but very efficient guys jamal murray um i, I really i think Sands injury he's probably top five on this list but uh he he's still kind of coming all the way back uh desmond bain uh love the guy doesn't take anything off the table just doesn't quite have the star quality of the guys ahead of him DeJounte Murray, um, I, I really knock him for the lack of three-point shot. Uh, but he is just an incredible defender, incredible driver. Simons, um, the exact opposite of DeJounte. Um, Tyrese Maxey, uh, Clay Thompson, uh, sometimes could be higher on this list. Like, probably for a playoff game, I might, I might take him over Maxey. Just, just not quite as reliable offensively as he once was. Um, again, past years would have had a case for top six or so um, on this list. And Tyler Hero, Devin Vassell, Jalen Green, Terry Rozier, Gary Trent Jr., Norman Power, Buddy Heald, Kevin Herter, and then our guy Quinton Grimes. And I do think if Quinton was shooting 40% from three point range, um, instead of like the 33% or so he's hovered over the last month and a half, two months, uh, I would I think there'd be a case for having him like right in that 16 to 18 spot because he is just a dramatically better defender than most of the guys in this list. Like, like, especially the, the two guys, I mean, he healed even more so than Herter. Um, He is, he's so much better defensively, but he has um, just not contributed an offense in quite the way I was hoping for and expected this year. All right. uh, Let's, let's get into small forward. Uh, Oops. That's forward. Real quick. All right. uh, Kevin Durant, top spot. Pretty easy. Um, I know, I know Jason Tatum's the, the grander MVP candidate of the two, I know Tatum outplayed him when they were um, in the first round series last year. I'm still rolling with KD. I, I kind of, I personally think when he was healthy this year, he was the single best player in the NBA this season. Uh, Jason Tatum coming in at second, LeBron third, Kawhi who has been figuring things out of late kind of getting the benefit of the doubt and fourth. Like if I'm looking at this from a season long perspective, I would say that Jimmy Butler and maybe even Lowry Markin have been better players than him, but Kawhi at his best is the best player in the NBA. So I'm, I'm kind of splitting the difference and putting him fourth. DeMar in seventh, still super duper efficient, not much of a defender does not um, is not driving winning in Chicago the way he was last season. Uh, Mikhail Bridges at eight, just a, a brilliant two way force. And honestly, like on the precipice of overpassing, uh, someone like DeRozan, um, but he's just not quite there as a night-to-night number one option the way DeRozan is yet. Uh, Kyle Kuzma, very, very similar to Bridges. You could flip-flop those guys either way. Uh, Franz Wagner, um, also in that mix, just like, just kind of a notch below in terms of reliability compared to the few guys ahead of him. Chris Middleton was someone I really didn't know where to put on this list. Like Based on resume, he should be higher. Based on how he's playing the season, should be lower. Um, so similar to Jamal Murray, kind of just put him in the middle there. Um, Kate Cunningham injured this whole year, but I'm still just just a big believer in his talent. Love the passing, love the shot making. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovic is, is Pistons teammate. Uh, incredible, incredible, incredible shooter. Um, OG Ananobi. Um, I as I as I said in the trade discourse, I I just think a little bit overrated. Is it's just one of those guys that year in and year out, I expect to to be a different player offensively and is always just a bit robotic. And it's, it's always fascinating with those types of guys. Like, what would they do in, like, a different offense, a different system? Because those same things were said about Andrew Wiggins once upon a time, and then he he got to Golden State, and he's he's not a brilliant passer. He's not a brilliant mover off the ball. But all that stuff improved to the point that he could function in another system. And there, there were rumors that Golden State was trying to get Ananobi Atano- Atano- at the deadline, and I wonder if he could have made the same acclamation or adjustment. But his defense uh, has him deserving at fourteen. Michael Porter Jr. Um, at fifteen, uh, just uh, still like, like I maybe maybe Kevin Durant, but outside of that, like and Clay Thompson, but there, there are very few prettier jumpers in the NBA than Michael Porter Juniors. But uh, all the injury concerns, still having the defensive issues, driving him down this list a bit. Sixteen, Keldon Johnson. Seventeen, Jaden McDaniels. Nineteen, Jalen Williams. Twenty, Trey Murphy. Twenty-one. RJ Barrett. Why do I have RJ so low? I will tell you after the break. Um, But before I do, I have to tell you about Nissan's most electric player of the week. And it's brought to you by the all new 2023 Nissan Aria. So I'm looking for someone who brings a certain duality, duality to the table, a combination of fierceness and elegance, beautiful, but strong. And to me, Mitchell Robinson epitomizes those qualities. He's my Nissan player of the week because I believe he's going to come back and have an incredible game for the New York Knicks tonight. And he has this fluidity to his game. He always has, particularly defensively. I mean, the way he's able to contort um, his his very large frame around the court, Uh, I I would say it's borderline electric. It's brilliantly fierce. Um, And and just the way he elevates around the rim on both sides of the basketball. But yet he's added real bulk and he's become a powerful player. i go so far to say a stunningly or elegantly powerful player around the bucket. The 2023 Nissan Aria packs pinned to your seat power and premium intelligence all in one EV. The all new all electric 2023 Nissan Aria. The EV for people who love to drive. You can shop now at NissanUSA.com. All right. Uh I ended I ended the last segment on a little bit of controversy. Why do I have RJ Barrett? Oh my God, I'm gonna get some hateful comments for this one. Why do I have RJ Barrett uh, below the likes of Harrison Barnes, Jaden McDaniels, Jalen Williams, Trey Murphy? Right, because I, I don't think maybe maybe some people will poke will poke at Keldon Johnson. Guess what? He's on a way worse team with uh way worse threats around him, Keldon Johnson, and he's still scoring more than RJ and doing so. More efficiently. And and when I was looking at this for all these guys, I was like, all right, if they if they got to take as many shots as RJ, would they shoot better than him? And, and the answer I kept coming back to is yes. Like um Jalen Williams, I know he's a rookie. It's a 50% shooter um this season overall. 50%. RJ's 43% this year. And he plays better defense and he's a more unselfish player. Caden McDaniels is just an awesome lockdown defender. For, for Minnesota. Um, so I thought he deserved to be in the mix for that reason. Um, and then Trey Murphy, very similar. Outstanding elite shooter, great defender. Not nearly the creator that RJ is. Not asked to do the same things that RJ is. But I kind of think the Knicks would be better with someone like that. I don't think just shooting a lot inherently makes you a star. And I think RJ right now, like what he is in the NBA is a volume scorer. And there are points where that's not true. And we've discussed it on the pod before, where there are certain things he does exceptionally well, but if he's not going to play defense, he's not going to take good shots. He's not going to make a lot of the shots he takes. It's hard to justify him having him higher than that despite the pressure that he puts on the rim, because we can talk about his good qualities until the crows come home, but the Knicks are still far better when he is off the court than when he is on the court. All right. uh, Let's move on to power forward. Uh, A shorter list here. Um, Giannis is number one. Easy. Pascal Siakam at number two, the guy's putting up 25 points, eight boards or eight boards, six assists a game. I think the playmaking is what really surprised me with Siakam that like we always think of as a really good passer. Um, and maybe I'm just, I'm just way behind on this, but I never really put Siakam in that category, but the guy is, is just an absolutely elite playmaker, pretty efficient scorer and um, doesn't have Randall's bulk defensively, but compensates with super duper long arms. Uh, but Randall just one spot in back of him at number three, um, I had him just ahead and like, it, it's a, I think there's a case to be made for the three guys behind him to be ahead of Julius Zion would be, if he was healthy all the time, he's, he's, he's just not healthy all the time. And also still doesn't play defense and still doesn't shoot. It doesn't matter because he is a once in a generation freak of nature, but those are all advantages that Randall has on him. Draymond Green, like if I were trying to win one playoff game, I'd Maybe take Draymond Green over Randall right now, just because he is so incredibly impactful as a defender. Has, has has been through the wars, knows what to do, makes the right decision on both sides of the ball. Essentially, every time, but it, it's just such a zero for the most part offensively at this point. Outside of some creative passing, that I cannot justify putting him ahead of a guy um, averaging twenty five and ten. And Kristaps Porzingis is having a great season, just just not healthy enough for me. Like in and out of the lineup, while Julius plays every single game this year so got to have julius Randle ahead of him um and then as far as the other guys on this list um real quick it's uh jeremy grant pelo Banquero, aaron gordon who's having a great season in denver and evan mobley all right final one uh center um nicole Jokic, joel and flip-flop them any way you want uh both both all-time talents both shore fire hall of famers um anthony davis at three that this is kind of for the peak more than the the median with ad um had that stretch of MVP level play this year um and uh yeah if i was again if i was just like drafting guys for a playoff roster like i am just i'm just taking anthony davis's upside over bam over jaron jackson jr who's having an incredible two-way season when when he's not fouling out um and then dematis sabonis um playing more center than power forward for the kings this year um, elite playmaker but just not the two-way force the guys above him are brooke lopez great defender still can uh score on some rollicking drives and isolations and i really really value that he he can he can shoot the the three ball the way he does jared allen just behind him um i think I, maybe a lot of people haven't had a brook i have brook ahead just just because of the spacing component that he brings nick claxton uh jared allen's replacement in brooklyn um i think I think deserving to be just ahead of Mitchell Robinson on this list uh, because of the type of defender he is and the fact that he has the flexibility um, in terms of guarding on the perimeter that Mitch had early in his career, but maybe has lost just a tad as he's traded a little bit of lateral quickness, a little bit of explosiveness. Um, for increased bulk. And then this was tough putting Clint Capella one spot over Mitchell Robinson because Capella was the guy when, when Mitch was a rookie. If you if you're a long time listener to the podcast, he was he was our go-to comparison always for Mitchell Robinson. Um, and the case, the case for for Mitch is is what he does on the defensive end of the floor. But Capella is is leading sneakily, like a lineup with Trey Young in it. The Hawks starting lineup is I, I believe still to this day, like out of out of lineups playing significant minutes, the best defensive five man group. In the entire nba and capella deserves a lot of credit for that and offensively just just still like part of it is that he gets to play with with trey young who who is just um a notch above jalen brunson as as a creator and as a lob passer and and in terms of the attention that he draws um so capella gets some easy shots but capella is just a slightly more versatile offensive weapon than mitch while still bring that rebounding Um, but for everything that mitch takes away in terms of the fact that you just have to station him around the rim He's just such a dominant force this year on the glass and, and such a impactful defender. I mean, the Knicks are something like the fifth best defense in the league when he's on the court, something like the 27th best defense in the league when he's off the court. Um, I think, I think that puts him rightfully at 11th over someone like Nikola Vucevic, who is, who is an infinitely better offensive player than Mitch. But as I said earlier, I, I don't think defense should be a significant factor in these rankings until you, or or at least like a decisive one in these rankings um, until you get to the center position, but at the center position, um, I think that that shapes the structure of your entire team, which is why I have Vijay Dobusevich, why I had him I have him ahead of Jakob Pertle, who's who's a solid defender and a better offensive player than Mitchell Robinson, but not by enough of a margin to make it to the defensive gap. Avika Zubac, that might be some of these coast bias. Like he's 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 outstanding and 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 plays with a whole lot of force around the bucket. I'm really impressed with his improvement. Same thing with Kavan Looney, who who's kind of an, an unsung hero in, in Golden State's last few great teams Uh, but that'll do it guys Uh, thank you so much for tuning into this edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast Alex will have you covered with the recap of the Wizards game tonight Um, but until then be good we'll talk to you soon on Locked On Knicks